solely on Purdue basketball, though. We're going to have a lot to talk about today in regards to Purdue basketball with uh, Sam and stuff. So uh, it's a big game tomorrow. Very excited about it. Bummed that my Stillers and the Colts play at the exact same time. What are you going to do? The NFL does not care. But gosh, that two major events like this at the exact same time at downtown Indianapolis. Ugh. That's tough. That's real tough. Sam's going to be on with us. So 315, we'll uh, holler at him about this uh, Purdue basketball team ahead of their uh, game against Arizona. Purdue finding themselves in an unusual position, an underdog. But GameBridge is sold out. It's a great event. It looks great. This is a tremendous weekend. Absolutely tremendous weekend of basketball, specifically in the Big Ten. Saturday is just like, it's gorgeous. I mean, just look at Saturday. There's one top 25 game tonight, and that's a good one. UConn, three and a half point dog on the road at Gonzaga. They're not specifically in Gonzaga. They're they're playing that uh, where the Kraken play. You know, where the Blackhawks lost last night. So they're playing there. Saturday's top 25 slate is just fantastic. Kansas at Indiana, 1230. Baylor's going to smack the heck out of Michigan State in Detroit. Houston versus Texas A&M will be fun. Arizona-Purdue. North Carolina-Kentucky. Alabama Creighton. I mean, it's just it's a loaded slate. You love to see it. Let's get started. Need to know news time. Here's your need to know news. Well, what I tell you yesterday uh, in our little gambling advice segment there that there's just those Thursday night that we were due for a Thursday night game to get wacky and a bunch of ridiculous points for no reason, and we got it last night. You don't let AOC get hot, baby. Former Boiler goes 20 for 34, 248, four, four touchdowns. Raiders score franchise record 63 points. They beat the Chargers 63 to 21. Got Brandon Staley fired this afternoon. You may be good, but are you good enough to get somebody fired the next day because of how good you were as a rookie? That's good stuff. Blackhawks dropped their third in a row, 7-1 to one to the Kraken. Ugh, Taylor Radish with the lone Chicago goal. Hawks will head home, try to face Vancouver on Sunday. That's been rough sledding so far. Bulls, though, look at these guys. They got a win over the Heat, 124-116. to 116. Colby White, 26 points. Vooch, 24-12. DeMar DeRozan with 24 points. Uh, they're going to hang out in Miami and then run it back again tomorrow. That's a nice little detail in the schedule there for you if you're the Bulls, right? When you saw that in, what, like August or whatever they released the schedule? Oh, we get to spend three days in Miami in the middle of December. That should be nice. It's good work if you can get it, but that'll round out the season series with Miami. Uh, we touched on it yesterday because it broke right at the end of the show, but it bears repeating. Tight end Garrett Miller has two years of eligibility, and he is in the portal. 51 career receptions, 456 yards, three touchdowns. 
The kid from Texas missed all of last year with a knee injury that he suffered in training camp. And then, you know, in the IU game, what well, he was down too, right? And that looked bad. But he says he's already got he's he's already been tweeting and stuff. I saw he had an offer from AM. So well, we'll see. Best of luck to him, man. It's it's a loaded tight end room. Claire came out of nowhere. You know, Bibber is solid. I know they got high hopes for him. You're bringing in one of the top tight ends in the country in the high school ranks. Again, sometimes guys just need to they need to change. They need to switch it up. Good luck to him. I'm pulling for him. 100% pulling for that guy. Girls high school hoops last night. How about West Lafayette going into Hamilton Southeastern? Uh, they're number one, right? They were. 63-44 to that final. Let's go. Coach Shane Schott's 300th win as well. It's been a big week for them. But Tolan uh, took the uh, point scoring record and now Coach Schott with the 300 wins. That's a big week for them. Ask Sam a little bit more about that. I know he's uh, kind of sliding out of the high school ranks. But I'm sure he's got some thoughts. Uh, other portal commitments from Purdue that were already in but have found new homes. Congratulations, OC Brothers. UAB. As he heads back to Bama. Best of luck to that guy. I just can't I can't be mad. Can't be mad at a lot of these guys for doing what they're doing. It's cool. Uh boys hoops tonight. Faith Christian. They head to Seeger. McCutcheon. They're hosting Harrison tonight. CC heads to Covington. Jeff. Gonna bring in Logan's Port to Crawley and then Westside heads out to Benton Central. And then there you go. That is today's Need to Know News for this uh, Friday, the 15th of December. It certainly doesn't feel like it out there. Let's go. All right. Tonight, look, there ain't a whole heck of a lot. We got no Big Ten hoops tonight. Stick kind of let us down. Myers did not last night. So what do we do? Look, I, I think you got to go in and take a look at tonight's marquee matchup. It's UConn. It's Gonzaga. And to be honest with you, I'm going to go with the Huskies on this. I just I have a little bit more confidence in those guys. I mean, they lost. Look. UConn's one loss is at Kansas by four points. And they did not show up. Cam Spencer is great, one of the best players in the country. Meanwhile, I, I think we we, lo- we looked at Gonzaga, and it just seems like they're missing that one piece. They don't hit threes. I just don't know that they can keep up tonight. That's my thing. And they didn't look that great against Washington over the weekend. They put up seven points in the last ten minutes against Washington. Seven. 
I don't know. I, I feel like UConn's got something here. And I feel like uh, you ever just get those little signs and you're like, hey, that's that's it right there. Like Jeff and I were talking for the basketball show and he was so excited about possibly beating Arizona because uh, he said, you know, and you'll hear it on the show, talking about how this is a battle for uh, the number one overall seed and that Purdue may be able to boast that they would be uh, have victories over uh, you know, if Tennessee's the SEC champion, which they look good, uh, you would have uh, you know victory over Gonzaga, WCC champion. Uh, you're looking at a uh, victory over uh, a Pac-12 champion in Arizona here, and then he said, uh, you know, Marquette um, as a, a Big East champion. And I tell him, like, hey, look, don't discount Connecticut. He looked at me like, come on, man. But it's hard, man. It's a th- their third highest offensive efficiency in Ken Palm, fifteenth in adjusted defense. I I I just I like them a little bit more now. Uh, they accomplished that against lesser competition than Gonzaga did. I think. I just I, I like UConn. I think UConn's just more cohesive, more consistent. I'm not worried about the traveling. I'm going to go UConn tonight on the road. I'll lay the points, which is down to like three and a half, which makes me feel even better. Uh, we're going to take a break. We come back. Sam King joins us next. Journal and Courier, he is on the way. Let's start talking to Purdue Hoops. They take on Arizona tomorrow on Peacock, 330. Uh, that is from Gamebridge Fieldhouse. We'll talk to him next. This is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. We go to the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, and we talk to uh, Mr. Friday here, uh, Sam King. Uh, he always does such a great job in, in jumping in on with us here on Fridays. Uh, from the JNC, covers Purdue. Uh, you know he's done a great job of covering uh, high school stuff locally here for so many years as well. Sam, welcome back to the show as always. Uh, happy Friday to you. Before we get to talk about Purdue and their big matchup tomorrow, I did want to bring up a little bit what West Lafayette Girls Hoops has done this week. Uh, Tolan with the uh, the scoring record. Jane Schott, fantastic human being. Uh, she picked up her 300th win uh, with a big win over Hamilton Southeastern uh, yesterday. Just uh, an amazing week for uh, a, a great local program, Girls High School Hoops. Yeah, absolutely. And West Lafayette is a team that, uh, you know, you probably thought that 300th win would come before last night for Coach Schott, uh, but the Red Devils have, uh, you know, beefed up the schedule a little bit with uh, the eyes on the postseason. And because of that, uh, West Lafayette sitting, I think, at now 9-6. and six, uh, Had a three-game losing streak coming into the week uh, with losses to rivals Twin Lakes and Benton Central in there, too, which are... Two games that really you think West Lafayette had a chance to win, um, but bounce back. You, you beat North Montgomery, and, and you're right. Adrian Tolan sets the school scoring record. Uh, she's a three-sport standout, uh, the goalie on the soccer team. She's a, the shortstop on the softball team, kind of the all-American girl athlete that, that does it all and, and is the, the key player and, and the biggest role on, on those teams. And, you know, I, I thought coming into high school she was a, a soccer player first, and it turned out that she's a, a basketball player first. Um, and, and I think she's really surprised some people all the last three years with the way she's been able to score for West Lafayette. And 
She scored a lot, obviously more than anybody in that program's history. And then you back that up with a, a road game at Hamilton Heights and uh, Coach Shop's 300th victory. I remember covering her 100th win, and it was in the seventh place game of the JNC Hoops Classic in an auxiliary gym. And I said, just like you drew it up, right? Like you wanted your big uh, milestone victory to come in a dark gym that uh, nobody was there watching. But she kind of laughed about it. But, uh, you know, she's done a tremendous job sustaining success since then. And, uh, you know, the wins 200 and 300 came a lot quicker than win number 100 did. So that's the testament to uh, what West Lafayette has built under Coach Schott. Well, shout out to uh, West Lafayette Girls High School Hoops. Uh, again, big week for the uh, for that program. Uh, it's a big weekend for Purdue, uh, Sam, with uh, Arizona coming into a Gamebridge Fieldhouse. This event now sold out, uh, mainly on the strength of everybody wanting to watch Indiana State. I know that. They are an interesting team. Uh, it's actually not a slight. Uh, I mean, I, 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 who's the kid in the goggles? I cannot remember his name for the life of me, but he is fantastic. Uh, I, I love him, but uh, this is a big weekend for Purdue. Uh, they are the underdogs in a game, which is probably not going to happen the rest of the way until the NCAA tournament at, at this point, barring some kind of catastrophic uh, injury, Sam. But it's uh, it's kind of a different position that Purdue finds themselves in, uh, the role of underdog here on Saturday against Arizona. Yeah, and uh, these are two teams that, weren't shy coming into the year uh, about the aspirations of potentially being a Final Four team. I think I saw that Arizona has the, the Final Four logo posted up in the in its workout room. So uh, those kids are seeing that every day. We know what Purdue's goals are. And, it's you know, there's so many things between these two teams that mirror each other in a lot of ways that it's, it's kind of strange, uh, whether you look at, you know, the, the schedule that they've played, that they've beefed up, uh, the balance and depth that these teams have. They both have a really good sophomore guard, um, senior-led kind of team uh, in a lot of ways with experience and uh, just balance across the board. I think Arizona has something like five or six guys averaging at least 12 points a game. So there's a lot of different weapons that, that Arizona can throw at you. And uh, probably one of the few teams, if there is another team even, that can match up with Purdue in terms of depth in the post. So, you know, Zach Eady is known for getting other teams' bigs in foul trouble. Uh, Arizona has some different guys and probably some different looks that it can throw uh, that way. Uh, I was on a, a station in Tucson yesterday and tried to get some intel there and uh, asked, you know, if they knew what the defensive plan was going to be for Edie. And they said, Tommy Lloyd says, we have a plan and we're not going to tell anyone. So there's definitely something going on there. That's, that's going to be intriguing to see how Arizona tries to guard the most dominant player in college basketball. Yeah, that's uh, that's the question there. I mean, it's going to be the question every time Purdue steps on the court is, uh, what do you do about Zach Eady? Do you try to cut everybody else loose and double down on him, or what can you do? I mean, obviously, the the more you can get him away from the basket, probably the more beneficial uh, it can uh, it can be. But uh, we'll see if Arizona and uh, Tommy Lloyd has drawn anything up. We're talking with Sam King, Journal and Courier here on the Blue Fox Heating Cooling. Hammerhead Hotline. The one thing that stands out here for uh, Arizona is you look at the Ken Palm and stuff, and uh, we thought Alabama was supposed to be an up-tempo offense, but holy smokes, this Wildcat offense uh, plays even faster than they do. Uh, that's you know, this is the benefit, Sam, of playing that beefed-up schedule as you as you speak on here. I, this is uh, this pace of play shouldn't surprise Purdue too much here on Saturday. No, and uh, you know, going into the season, I thought of traditional Purdue that's going to go out and try to beat you. 75 to 68, 
and uh, wear you down over the course of the game. And then we've seen Purdue, you know, in the last couple of weeks here, play a game that was 92 to 86, play another game that was, I think, 92 to 88. So both of these offenses are pretty prolific. Uh, Arizona scoring 94 points a game. So this could be, uh, you know, for a fan, a fun one to watch. Maybe uh, if you're not a fan of Arizona or Purdue and just want to watch college basketball, uh, I think this is going to be, a, you know, a, probably a, a fast-paced game with a lot of points scored. So uh, from that vantage point, uh, this probably is the, uh, I would, you know, I've got so far to say is this is the, the best game of the year in terms of non-conference basketball uh, especially now that you look at the, the records of these two teams and the rankings of these two teams. So you feel like Purdue can get past that Wildcat defense and, and do and, and put points up here? I mean, they're pretty darn good. Aren't they like a like a top-20 team, I think, nationally, something like that? Some 37%, 38% shooting from the field. Uh, they seem to be pretty good defensively in, in limiting those shots. You think Purdue can get past that? Yeah, I, I think that you know Purdue's got a lot of weapons, and, and Arizona's got a lot of weapons. Uh, the thing is, Purdue... I've seen some really good teams. Probably hasn't seen a team with the depth uh, that this Arizona team has yet. And likewise, Arizona probably hasn't seen a team that has the depth and the, the different kind of ways to beat you that Purdue has. So it is going to be uh, interesting to say the least. But these, these two teams want this game ne- this year. And then obviously they play again next year in Las Vegas uh, for the very reason of this is going to prepare us down the road for what it's going to look like playing in the Final Four, basically. Sam, uh, it just seems like such a big event here. I, I mean, the fact that this thing sold out, I, I think, is really huge, don't you? I mean, Indiana basically said, uh, we're too big for this thing now. Uh, we're too important. We're going to go out there and get shellacked by Kansas in, in, in some home-and-homes. You guys have fun. I don't know that they anticipated this thing still being able to sell out. Were you surprised that this event sold out? Uh, honestly, Yes and no. Um, you know, you, you're going to have some Ball State fans, some Indiana State fans, but that the bulk of the attendance will be Purdue. And I think the fact that it's number one versus number three, and it's you know kind of a rare opponent. Purdue doesn't play Arizona a whole lot. I know they played uh, what back in the NCAA tournament, maybe six, seven years ago, and then there was a, one of those uh, tournaments in the non-conference, basically right when the season started and the Bahamas or something like that a while back too. But um, I think that, you know, this is just a, an event uh, that a lot of fans want to go see. It, it may think a little bit that this is sold out, and then you have the Colts and Steelers right down the street at the same time. So um, I think I'm going to just leave first thing in the morning and make sure I get a place to park, it sounds like. <laughs> but, uh, no, I asked Matt Painter about this yesterday. I said, why is it so important for you to play these games in Indianapolis? Uh, because Purdue has long been an advocate of, like, even when the Crossroads Classic was over with, like, we need to get some sort of neutral court game in Indianapolis. And he said, well, it's it's our state capital. It's a huge recruiting base for us. It's, you know, it's our hub. Um, Purdue feels it's important to play a game there. Uh, and there's a lot of alumni that live in, you know, Carmel, Westfield, uh, Fishers, those areas, Indianapolis, that maybe can't come up to Mackey uh, several times a season, and this is a chance for them to, to get to a game. So, uh, Purdue has made it at a point of emphasis to play neutral court games in Indianapolis every year and, um, you know, played Davidson last year, but this is obviously a, a bigger marquee matchup for sure. So, uh, not surprised it sold out, but also you're right, you know, with the Colts game going on and then also with the, the additional thousands of seats that are in Gamebridge compared to Mackey Arena, um, should be kind of a crazy environment. 
Sam, uh, you know, last week we talked and uh, we talked about the 10-man rotation with Matt Painter. You, you talked about how he says, you know, it's all going to depend on matchups and stuff and how this, you know, kind of 10-man rotation, probably here to stay mostly. Uh, and, uh, you know, last week it, it worked out on Saturday. Braden Smith was that guy that really, really stepped up here. I know the bench, you know, provided some scoring. I thought Miles Coleman's 15 minutes were great. You know, he didn't turn the ball over, hit, knocked down some good shots and uh, and took care of things. But, um, I know this isn't as good as Braden was. I know that's not, they're not asking him to go out there and get 25 uh, a, a night. It's going to come from other places. Um, if it's going to come from other places outside of Zach Eady on Saturday, where do you expect it to come from the scoring? Uh, I'm waiting for uh, this, this uh, I guess, experiment with uh, Trey Kaufman, Ren, and Zach Eady to pay dividends. And, uh, you know, we haven't seen Trey have a, a big time scoring game yet. So, there's going to be a point where somebody focuses fully on, on Zach and on Braden Smith, and it's going to unleash somebody else. But, uh, you know, it's, it's been different guys at different times, whether it's Lance Jones or Fletcher Lawyer. Um, we really haven't seen that, that big pop-off game from Trey Toffman yet. But, uh, you know, I don't know if there's going to be a second guy that goes out and scores 27 points like Braden Smith or Fletcher Lawyer have done this year. But uh, you can kind of do that by committee. And you're right, uh, one of the – I'm actually writing about it right now, how Matt Painter uses his subs. And it seems like it's just kind of by circumstance. Um, I know that Painter was kicking himself for not playing Miles Colvin Moore against Northwestern because he thought that he could have helped that team win that game. But uh, last week, for defensive purposes, puts Miles Colvin on the floor, who's longer and more athletic than Fletcher Lawyer, and it pays off. Ethan Morton, uh, Mason Gillis, Ken Heidi, uh, guys that he was just putting in there. And then we saw... First ten minutes, the first time Caleb first on the floor was Zach Eady, and uh, that seemed to be uh, you know something that really clicked and helped with defense. So there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle here, and, and I think that that's the great thing about Purdue's depth is whatever kind of scenario you might be in, you can look at your your bench and say, hey, this guy for this spot, or you know whatever it might be, and mix and match a little bit and uh, throw some different things. So you may see some lineups, especially the way that this game could go down. Uh, on the floor together that you haven't seen yet, which is exactly what we got last Saturday, and it ended up paying off with a victory. And see, that's why I think he could be Big Ten Coach of the Year. I think he should be the front runner. Uh, I think we see Big Ten Coach of the Year, and we always think that award goes to somebody that's massively overachieved or still won despite having you know some some losses with uh, with personnel. But to be honest, I, I mean, this is not easy to take. You know, at least ten to eleven guys that should probably earn playing time and make that work night in and night out. He continues to do that. I think that's an underrated angle here on this season, Sam, and one that we don't talk about enough is the coaching job that he's done this year. Yeah, and I'll even go back to last year because I thought he was robbed, and maybe that's being biased. But you know, Northwestern wasn't expected to do what it did, and I can understand why Coach Collins was the coach of the year last year, but. Uh, People forget that Purdue wasn't picked to win the Big Ten last year, and then Boilermakers go out and dominate the league, and Zach Eady goes from a guy that's getting, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a game to being National Player of the Year. Uh, that was coaching. It's not like it just happened by accident. So, uh, and then you go to this year, and and Matt Painter, I assure you, uh, would would like to have an eight-man rotation set that he could be like, these are the guys that we're going to roll with, but feels like you know there's just too many guys that deserve to get minutes and because of that you've got to manage and, and you know some days those guys are going to get three or four minutes sometimes they're going to get eight to 12 and 
uh, sometimes, uh, which is the case with, you know, Ethan Morton a couple times this year or somebody else, maybe you get 15 to 20. So, uh, yeah, you're right. This, you know, I don't envy him having to manage all of that and manage, it, even though we're told there's no egos, I'm sure that there's some guys feeling too or hurt when they're, you know, former starters being told, hey, you might play five minutes tonight. So, uh, done, he's done a masterful job so far. And, uh, if the team can kind of keep it all together and everybody buys into what role they have, uh, it could be, Great uh, moving forward down the future. Mm-hmm. Winning solves a lot of those problems, that's for sure. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier, he's got you covered down to GameBridge. Uh, he's probably not going to have a parking space for you, but he'll definitely have all the news from the court that you need to know uh, all Saturday, so make sure you're following him on Twitter and make sure you pick up the subscriptions of the JNC. Sam, it's always a pleasure talking ball with you on Friday. Uh, always lucky to have you on the show. Uh, enjoy that uh, nice seat that you're going to get down there at GameBridge this weekend, all right? All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Jared. Take care, Sam. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. Got plenty more Hammerdown show for you next time. Hey, welcome back. It is the Hammerdown Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Coming up here at uh, 4 o'clock, there's plenty more. Purdue basketball talk with the uh, with the uh, Boiler Basketball Show here. Uh, Jeff Julik, myself, Alan Karpik, Nate Baird all joining us. Uh, trying to get you ready for this uh, game against Arizona. Man, 94 points on the season. That's what they score on average. 94. Put 98 up on Wisconsin. And you know how you know they like to win those games you know, defensively. Somehow they only got a six-point win against Michigan State. Michigan State being as bad as they are. Perhaps it's more of a matchup thing. Yeah, I don't Wildcats shot 58% in that game against Wisconsin. That's not that's not typical out of the Badgers to give up that much. You know, didn't didn't turn the ball over a, a ton in that game either. They did out rebound Wisconsin, but you go back and you look at that game and yeah, that gives you that gives you a little little pause there. You know, shot 45% against uh, against Michigan State. And that worries me. They really do like to attack at the rim, too. But there's no doubt, and it should be no doubt in your mind, that the biggest and most competent test that they will face is Purdue. Right, so they've had three uh, three games against top 25 teams. They've won all three. Wisconsin, Michigan State, which we know look a lot like frauds, and Duke. 78-73 to 73 in that one. Again, you're looking for these weaknesses here. They didn't play particularly well at Duke, too. That's the other thing that scares me. Now, they turned the ball over 17 times at Duke, and they still won. Now, Duke's not the number two team in the country. They are probably overinflated, much like Michigan State. 
But the point remains here. This is an Arizona team that's very dangerous because they can get up and down the floor. They like to attack the rim. But as Sam pointed out here, the question is how do they defend Edie? And maybe they defend Edie by trying to get him into foul trouble by going at him with the guards into the paint. Maybe the best defense is a good offense. Maybe that is the intended thing. Because you can't put two bodies on him. We saw that little you know drop coverage there that they would do uh, off the ball screen. That didn't work. You can't put the ball screen on him anymore because, well, he's learned how to beat that. You can't just step out and try to knock down 23s because that doesn't work. So, I mean, what do you do? If you're Arizona. And perhaps that's this is a tactic that just hasn't been implemented yet. But it's something that I've kind of railed on here. You listen to Nate Oates and you listen to these other coaches complain about the foul disparity here. And we've talked about this week. It's mostly bull because you're not putting yourself in, you know, in, in situations where you can get the foul. It may, and I'd be surprised if a team like Arizona really wants to do it. But if I had the guards that could go at Edie, would it not be worth it early on to drive on him, go up against him, and hopefully you can draw a couple fouls to get him off the court? Isn't that the next evolution of strategy of what you've got to do? If you can't defend them, you've got to get them off the court somehow. How do you do that? Now, you may go down 10, you may go down 15 early on, but if you can get him into foul trouble uh, by midway through the first half and get him off the court for 10 minutes at a stretch, perhaps you can make up for it. Perhaps. I'm not saying this strategy is going to work for them. But they got to figure out something, you know. You go. The Duke game stands out for me because of uh, uh, Phil, um, not Kapowski, but you know, I don't know why in the heck I can't think of his name. But he had a great game in that one. Lipowski, there we go. Uh, Twenty-five points, right? So he did that. He ate on the boards. He was good. But Arizona did find a way to out-rebound Duke in that game. The kid got his, but Arizona still got the victory. But in that game, they did manage to get him into some foul trouble. Perhaps that's what they want to do here, is go straight at Edie early on, sacrifice maybe some turnovers, maybe an early lead, and see if you can't get him off of the court. Best defense might be a good offense for Arizona. Because I don't know that harping on the officials is going to do anything. Taking that technical has not worked out for Oates. It didn't work out for Fran. You don't get even backup. He's the national player of the year. Guess what? He gets a little better for the doubt, and he gets a little bit of respect now. Purdue fans have sat around through you know Biggie, um, through uh, uh, Isaac Haas, through... Um, 
I'm losing names today. I should have really got more sleep tonight. I, I'm, I'm literally looking. I am literally looking at them, and I can't. But you know what I'm talking All the bigs that we have had that don't get those foul calls, he's now getting them because of the stature that he has. The only way to beat him, I think, is you have to have him off the court. And even then, that doesn't exactly guarantee you success. It gives you a slightly better chance, but it doesn't guarantee you success. I, I think if I'm Arizona, I'm trying to go right at Edie, and I'm trying to see if I can draw some fouls and see if these officials won't, you know, gift me one or two here. Give Matt Painter something to think about, about leaving the National Player of the Year out there for too long. We'll take our final break. We'll come back. Things we may have missed, plus more the basketball show at the top of the hour on 101.7 The Hammer. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer, 101.7TheHammer.com. We've had a great week here. Uh, slow one, you know, with the finals and all that stuff, but uh, thank you for hanging tight with us here. Coming up uh, next week, whoa, uh, I will have tickets for that men's basketball game against Jacksonville on Thursday. So that's not a bad way to head into the uh, holiday here. And then, of course, I'll also have, uh, when we come back, tickets. Actually, you know what? I'll give these away next week, too, because uh, maybe you want to put them under the uh, Christmas tree for somebody. I'll give away tickets for Purdue and Eastern Kentucky next week as uh, as well, because, well, I am going to, <laughs> I'm taking an extended Christmas, so I'm not going to have a chance to give them away. But I think it'd be cool, too. Uh, some of you want to give those away. Uh, you know, kids and stuff like that. I get it. Uh, so maybe something under the Christmas tree. We'll give away tickets for both uh, Thursday and uh, that following week's uh, non-conference games. So you want to make sure that uh, you are hanging uh, out here. Things we may have missed. It uh, kind of just broke here a little bit ago. Uh, his name is uh, Sheeta Salah. He is an edge guy from Boston College. 6'4", 253. He is in. A three-star recruit coming out of high school. Uh, and uh, now he will uh, look to come over here and uh, make things happen at Purdue. So there you go on the portal. Also, uh, Donovan McCauley, it sounds like, uh, you know, with Signetti coming back, and uh, everybody keeps on talking about that uh, war chest that they've got there, and NIL money, seems like it's been enough to convince him, as the uh, rumors are that uh, he will leave the portal and uh, he will stay at uh, at Indiana. That's a good sign, right? For the Hoosiers. I mean, they needed that. I'm a little surprised. Because I think that's a guy that was in demand. You heard Tom Deanhart when we had him on the show uh, a couple weeks ago. That uh, right when he went, you know, Purdue met with him. Now they talked it over a little bit. He said it was probably a long shot because he was getting a lot of other, you know, very, very primetime player interest. Penn State, Michigan, among others. But, you know, he decides to stay at Indiana. Good for him. Cash the check. That's what you want to do. That's your business, man. 100%. And it's a big weekend this weekend. For Purdue and their portal targets, it's the last weekend. Excuse me to uh, really sew up those high school commitments. Signing day is coming up on the twentieth, which is what Thursday, Wednesday. 
Do you want to be able to lock that stuff down? It's going to be a big next uh, five, six days here for Purdue. You know, the Arizona game tomorrow and then, you know, football trying to make this push here on the portal and uh, and signing day to uh, make sure they lock down everybody. You know, everybody's always a commit. It's always a verbal. you got to get that LOI. So hopefully there's no surprises on Wednesday, and uh, or at least bad ones, and uh, Purdue's able to uh, take care of business. All right, again, uh, thank you guys for listening this week. Uh, don't forget, we have got you covered all weekend long here on 101.7 The Hammer. There is uh, plenty of action all weekend. Not only uh, do we have NFL football for you on Sundays, but we got plenty of action for you coming up here on uh, on Saturday as well. So uh, you're out and about. You're still doing uh, your uh, holiday shopping. I implore you to uh, check us out on Saturday uh, because uh, we'll be bringing you plenty of action, including Saturday football between Minnesota and Cincinnati, followed by Pittsburgh and Indiana or Indianapolis and Detroit and Denver Sunday. We've got the Rams in Baltimore, followed by Minnesota and uh, Aiden O'Connor. No, that's uh, that's that was last week. Sorry, Sunday uh, we have you uh, the Jets in Miami, San Francisco and Arizona, and then Baltimore and Jacksonville on Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, Philadelphia and Seattle. That's going to do it for us here on the Hammer Down Show. Big thank you to Sam King for being on with us here. Hang around. Coming up next, we're going to do the Boiler Basketball Show. It's another hour talking basketball. Purdue in the Big Ten. Jeff Julik steps in here to co-host with me. We'll also have Alan Karpik from GoldenBlack.com. We'll have your good buddy Nate Barrett. I was calling the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation. He's going to join us as well. Uh, we'll talk about the win over Alabama. We'll talk about what happened in the Big Ten this week and what's going to happen this coming week and a big Saturday for the Big Ten as well. You don't want to miss out on that. That's coming up next. Thanks for listening to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Hammer.